Welcome to Restoration Church. At Restoration Church, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, and relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by Lead Pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. This morning, Pastor Rex brings us a sermon entitled, Facing Your Jericho. About a subject that's really, uh, I really, uh, the Holy Spirit just led me to make this statement last week in church as we were sharing the word about uh, speak to your Jericho and 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 and, and, and uh, conquer your Jericho. The Lord, that spirit, that uh, that uh, thought just really stuck in my spirit this week as I thought about that. You know, so many of us have Jerichos. They, you know, in the in Joshua chapter two, they were. Uh, faced with a Jericho. Jericho was a, uh, give you a little details about the city of Jericho. Uh, Jericho was a very popular area of heavy and trade, very rich. It was a city that had big gated walls that was fortified and it was armored and was uh, guarded day and night. And it was a, a metropolitan area where a lot of trading happened. It was a very rich and vibrant area, but it was an area that God had given and promised the children of Israel. Now Joshua is now in charge of the children of Israel. He's taking charge after Moses has passed and he's taking, uh, carrying the torch to lead the children of Israel. And he is uh, in a place and thinking about how they can attack Jericho, how they can take Jericho. So long story short, he sends spies into the city and we're gonna start there and talk about it, you know, about Jericho today. He sends spies there to find out what really was going on inside the walls of Jericho. Jericho was located on the banks of Jordan. The Bible tells us, and uh, Bible theologians tell us that, that, that in Jericho in that area is a very uh, fertile land. It was, uh, palm trees were growing everywhere. It was on the banks of the Jordan River. It's a very fertile area. So it was a desirable place to have, but God had promised to the children of Israel to give them Jericho. Many of us in our lives today, from a spiritual sense, we're faced with Jerichos. We, we, Jerichos, we have walls around us that, that we've never been able to conquer. We have places in our life that we, we, we see them, we walk around them every day, but we're not able to conquer them. I feel like the Holy Spirit's been, through the word of the Lord, is going to give us some help today to be able to conquer some Jerichos, to be able to see some walls come down in our life that the Holy Spirit, through the power and the authority of the word, is going to fall down in our life. We've been talking about walking in authority and the ring of authority and the the, the authority that we have in Jesus. He said you can tread on scorpions and scorpions and serpents. And we want to think about that today and put that, that into practice today as we go through this word together. Now we're, we're going to be talking out of Joshua chapter 2 and Joshua chapter 6. We're going to talk about Joshua today, but we're also going to talk about ourselves today. In Joshua chapter 2, I'm going to give you just a highlight of that area. The spies have been sent into to Jericho to spy out that city and to find out what's going on on the inside before they, the children of Israel attack. And they were scared to attack because it was such a, a fortified city and such deep walls and they, they seemed insurmountable. But Joshua had sent spies in there and the king was looking and heard about it and was looking for them. And there was this harlot or prostitute named, uh, named Rahab there that took them into their home and hid them from the king and went down and, and, and actually covered them and lied to the king that they weren't there and covered their uh, their uh, place of, of where they were in her house up, up and didn't allow the king and told the king they went out a different way but she hid them in her home on the roof of her house. 
Long story short, she she understood that, that, that spies were there and she understood that Israel was going to take that land. She understood that. She even shared valuable information with these spies of that the people in Jericho were really fearful of the children of Israel and that they and that the uh this area, they were very fearful and scared of them. So a lot of times we're we're surrounded by things in our lives from our own perspective and that we're scared of, but really the enemy's scared of you. You have an authority in Jesus Christ through the shed blood of the Lamb to take your Jerichos, to see your walls go down. But we're going to talk about how those walls come down today. Now Rahab is representative of the world and, and what the world looks like and how God looks at the world. A lot of times we as Christians sometimes sometimes unwillingly we look down our nose at people and we think that we're better than people because we have this thing called self-righteousness. We think we're something that we're not because we, we talked about this last week in the ring of authority the ring of authority. We talked about that we only have authority in Christ when we submit ourselves to the word of God and to obedience in the word. And arrogance and pride removes that authority from us and, and, and really makes us an anemic body of believers. So today, let's talk about that authority. But the Lord had promised the children of Israel, I'm going to give you that area. I'm going to give you that land. And he had promised them that. And these spies are now here. And Rahab, the harlot of the prostitute, is there. And she's covering them. And she understands one thing. We talked about this last week. She understands the authority that they have. She understands that God has called them to take the land. So she understands, she sees, and she understands the word that God has promised the children of Israel, that land. So she says, I'm going to help them. But she made a deal, and the deal was a little bit like this. She says, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll hide you from the king and from his soldiers that are looking for you. I'll hide you if you promise to save me and my family when you attack. That's the promise. If I'll hide you if you'll just promise to save me when y'all take the city. And they made a deal, and she made a, 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 a pact with them or a deal with them and these two these spies, and she says, I'll, I'll cover you and hide you and let you sleep slip out during the night when nobody's looking and tell them you went a different way and divert them and, and there was a lot of things going on there if you'll just protect my family when you attack and they made a deal with her and 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 and, and they, they escaped that way and was able to go back and report what was actually going on in Jericho. So but we understand that you know a lot of times in our lives we God puts us with unlikely people. I want to talk to us about this for a minute. The, these spies were placed in the house of a, of a prostitute that would be somewhere that a, a, a godly person would not be, but God used that person to help them conquer Jericho. And a lot of times we as Christians, we don't understand when we're walking through difficult times or when we're facing that walled city of Jericho, that stronghold in our life again, what God will use the unlikely people to give you victory over situations in your life. And you say, well, pastor, uh, what's the difference between an addiction and a stronghold? An addiction is, is something that somebody has in their life that's not a follower. A stronghold is, a, is a, something, a stronghold that they have in their life that's a follower of the Lord. Listen, when you're saved by the blood of the Lamb, you're saved by the blood of the Lamb. We need to understand but Christians still have strongholds. They have areas in their lives a lot of times that we don't want to let go of. And sometimes it's not a matter of wanting to let go. It's finding a way to conquer that Jericho to make those walls come down. And today I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to the church in these last days, your Jericho walls are going to come down if you'll just obey me, if you'll just follow me, if you'll just walk in humility. Therefore, you'll have authority. 
Amen and mean. So Joshua had sent these guys in and they had spied and they had seen what the city looked like and they knew they wanted it. They knew that it had a lot of gold and a lot of riches there. That king was very wealthy. And they knew if they took the city, they could have the, the, the riches of the kingdom and it could go into the treasury of Israel so they could operate and be a strong nation. So at that time, the Bible talked about that the violent took it by force. These were people of war. These folks had to fight to get what they wanted to get. And the Lord had given them favor and made a promise to, 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 uh, to Joshua's family's forefathers before him that he would give them that this area. So we look at the spiritual significance of Jericho. Spiritual significance of Jericho is that everybody under the sound of my voice has a Jericho in their life. Everybody has something in their life that you circle day and night and you can't get past. It seems the walls may be, it may be finances, it may be a relationship issues, it may be an addiction, I mean, a stronghold of addiction in your life, it may be uh, fear, it may be anxiety, it may be uh, unforgiveness, but we have those things that we face. But let me tell you today, the Lord didn't give you a spirit of fear. He hasn't given his church a spirit of fear. The Bible talks about that fear has to do with punishment and, and Jesus redeemed us by his precious blood and, and he doesn't want us to walk in, in fear but the Bible says he has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind can I tell you today church he's not wanting you to walk in fear fear is not from him it's from Satan and we can stand and take authority over that fear but the thing that we need to understand that Satan he's not attacking his church the church of God, the living God, God's church, I should say, any differently than he's always done. He's going to attack your mind, and he's going to try to get you to doubt God, then he's going to try to get you to walk in disobedience. Attack your mind, doubt God, and walk in disobedience. We are creatures of habit. Let's talk about that for a moment. The devil can't think for you. He follows the patterns of your life. I'm going to say that again. He can't think for you. He can't even make you think a different way. What he can do is follow the patterns that you follow. All of us are creatures of habit. Uh, science tells us that, that we are habit. We have a habit of doing certain things every day a certain way. We fold our sheets a certain way. We clean our house a certain way. We drive home from work a certain way. We uh, mow our grass a certain way. We do things a certain way. We discipline our kids as certain little creatures of habit. We we do all kinds of different functions on our job a certain way because we become creatures of habit. The devil don't know what you think. The devil knows the patterns that you take. I'm going to say that again. The devil don't know what you think. He don't have that ability, but he knows the patterns that we take. So the children of Israel had been promised Jericho, had been promised this area that Jericho was occupied on, but they understood that they were fearful of what was in there because they didn't know. So the first thing that the Bible tells us to do is that we have to be aware. We have to be sober. We have to be vigilant. First Peter chapter five, verse eight says it like this, says, be sober and alert, be, be alert and sober and of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, lion seeking some, someone he may devour. Listen, if your mind's not sober, you can't think clearly. That's the reason the people that are uh, addicted or have a, a, a stronghold in their life, an alcohol, a substance abuse, or drugs or something, their mind is not sober. That 
that drug or that alcohol, alcohol controls their thought life. Listen, that's the spirit of the enemy that causes that. And God is wanting to give people freedom today. Listen, if the church is not walking in freedom, the church can't offer freedom. We can't point God's people to Christ if we're not free people. We need to understand today that Jesus died to make us free. And when we're not walking in that freedom, we're robbing ourselves of the blessing that Jesus Christ already paid for that we don't have to work to attain. We just have to accept. We're going back to the ring of authority. We're going back to the road of righteousness we've been talking about. We're working to try to do something that Jesus has already paid for. Let's talk a little bit about that today. The spiritual significance of a Jericho is, is that it's intimidating. How many know people that intimidate you? In sports, teams like to intimidate the other teams. They'll walk out and stand on their logo on a football field. They'll They'll flex or, or, or whatever or make certain signs of other teams to try to intimidate them. But a lot of times in our spiritual walk, the devil tries to intimidate you. He'll say things to us like, you never conquered this. We've been down this road before. This is a, a Jericho that you've always faced and you'll always face it. You'll never have that relationship that God wants for you. You'll never be out of debt. You'll never walk in freedom. You'll never get that stronghold out of your life. You'll, you'll, never, you'll never enjoy the blessings of God. You'll never accomplish anything. You'll never find your place in your calling because he, we understand the Bible tells us that Satan is a liar and the father of all lies. That's all he does is lie. So I heard a guy talk about one time, he was preaching, and he said, this lady coming to his office, he is a pastor in the church, and a lady came to his office and said, Pastor, I really need you to pray for me today. The devil's been lying to me. And he said, I thought to myself, okay, what did you just tell me? I had her to repeat to me what she just said. She said, the devil's been lying to me. He said, okay, I want you to think about what you just said. The devil has been lying to you. She said, yes, sir. And she kind of laughed because she understood that she was taking what Satan said that was a lie and making it true. See, the Bible says he's a liar and the father of all lies and that he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. So we need to understand that when Satan whispers to us, there's nothing positive or good about it, but we need to put him to flight. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Listen, church, if we are created to be verbal people. We were created to speak life in situations. The Bible says speak those things that are not as though they were. Listen, things in your life may not have come to fruition yet, God may not have answered that prayer yet. You may not have seen that stronghold break broken yet, but you need to begin to speak those things that are not as that, that are not as though they were. You need to start walking in the authority and the humility and having the authority that Christ has us. We need to do that as a church. We need to understand that. We need to understand that. We need to understand that Jesus paid the price, price for us to have it. Uh, Ephesians 6 and 12 talks about the spiritual warfare. Uh, chapter in Ephesians, it talks about that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, for we're not fighting against flesh and blood. If we, Ephesians 6 and 12 says flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in, in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Listen, you're not fighting a devil that's by himself. You're fighting the devil and his demons. And his demons have power. The Bible says they go to and fro and from the earth. But the Bible also tells us that he would give his angels charge of us. Come on, somebody help me today. The devil will cannot stand against the army of the angels of the Lord. The Bible says he will cause his angels to encamp round about us. 
David talked about he had caused his angels to encamp round about me. He said in the, in, his, in the Psalms, he says, Lord, if I make my bed in the pit, you're there. If I make my bed on the mountain, you're there. What was David saying? Nowhere, no matter where I go, no matter how far away from God I am or how close I am to him, he is still there. Listen, church, we need to understand you're not fighting alone. You're fighting with the king of all kings and the authority of the Lord of all lords, Jesus Christ himself. You need to understand we're not in this by ourselves. We're not fighting COVID by ourselves. We're not fighting all these things and distractions. We're not fighting evil and the attack against the church by ourselves. We serve a king who is victorious. You are victorious through Jesus Christ today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So David understood that he's wherever he was, God was with him. Joshua understood that God had a plan. He needed to walk in that plan. See, Joshua surveyed him. The Bible says the plans fail because of the lack of counsel. Plans will always fail for the lack of counsel. The reason so many of our plans fail because God's not in the plan. We want to do it ourselves. See, I'm one of those people that believe that we need to pray about everything in our life. Everything. Bathe everything in prayer. Cover every part of our life in prayer. I heard a guy say, well, you know, God's really not concerned about uh, me winning a ball game or or whatever or, or or whether I buy the right car or buy the right house or make the right decision in a relationship. If it pertains to you and you're his child, he, 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 it's important to him. It's important to him. We need to understand that. You say, well, Pastor Rex, I, I, there, there's a lot of things that's my need in my life and I don't really think God cares about it. You're his. The Bible says that we are a royal priesthood. That we've been covered by the blood of the Lamb. That you mean something. That when God looks at you, He looks through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And He calls you royalty. Not because of what we've done, church, but because of what Jesus did in us. And then by the power of the cross and the resurrection of the tomb. Lord, we love you today. Hallelujah. We must understand and know that we're in a fight. You are in a fight. The fight will not stop. And I know that's not encouraging to a lot of people. But the fight will not stop, church. We need to understand that the fight's going to continue on. Until Jesus raptures his church and we leave this earth by the grave, the fight will not stop. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through the stronghold of pull, pulling down on the strongholds. Listen today, church. Carnality will not win against the devil. A lot of times people are trying to fight a 24-7 day. 24-7 devil with a two uh, four hour a week of uh, ceremony of church. Listen, you can't fight the devil that's a 24-7 devil with four hours a week of church and we never open our Bibles and we never pray or never spend time in the Word we never commune and talk to God. You can't do it. You're always going to be defeated. But if we take up the armor of, of God and we learn to fight, we learn to pick up that shield of faith that we're able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. The enemy will stutter, study, our patterns. He's a pattern devil. He watches patterns. He watches what people do. The alcoholic, he knows the alcoholic's gonna go to the FEC store, or go to the bar, or go to the karaoke set, section of the, at the club, wherever they're going. He knows they're gonna go there because he knows their patterns. So what happens when we change our patterns? What happens when we allow the Holy Spirit through the power of the Word of God to change our patterns? The devil, we confuse the devil. That's the reason we need, the Bible says, Apostle Paul said it like this, that we need to pray in the Spirit. When we pray in the Spirit, no enemy can understand that heavenly language. We need to pray in the Spirit that we can confuse 
Satan and our enemies, who is our enemy. See, we can't allow him to put things in our mind. If he's a liar, then what he puts in our mind is a lie. We don't need to accept that. See, what happens is, you've heard me say, our church family's heard me say this many times, we say, we speak what we believe. What we believe, the Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So many times what we believe about somebody, we're going to speak about somebody. I, I said this a few weeks ago, and it really struck my spirit as I said it. It's not so much whether we be, what we believe, whether we believe God or not, but it's what we believe about God. See, what you believe about God will affect where you believe God. So we've heard too many twisted scriptures in the past that were out of context and preached out of context that people believe something about God. See, the Bible, the Bible tells us that God is a God of love, but he's also a God of justice. And the Bible tells us in Revelation that he's a God of vengeance and that he will set everything straight. And the Bible also tells us that his enemies one day will become his footstool. So if I'm a part of the righteousness of God, if I'm a royal priesthood in him, that every enemy I face one day when Jesus places us under his feet and I'm a part of the priesthood, he's going to place my enemies under my feet, church. You ought to be getting excited about this this morning. You're not fighting alone with a warrior or a commander in general, which is our father God who is not a winner, but he is tactical and trained in war. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to war for his church. The enemy may have been attacking the church today, but I tell you the Jericho walls, church, are going to come down. There's some strongholds in this church, in this community, in this Lakeview area that the Holy Spirit is going to bring down through a church who is ready and vibrant and waiting to to answer the call and, and, and be able to shout and march in, in victory toward their Jericho. I had a conversation several years ago with a pastor, the pastors in this area talking about the enemy has a stronghold on this area here that resists a, a true move of God. But really our world has a stronghold that resists a true move of God. What is a true move of God? A true move of God is when the truth of the gospel is preached on the anointing and authority of the Holy Spirit and that people see God don't need me to create a new gospel. God needs me to preach the gospel. More than anything else, not just preach the gospel, but live the gospel. See, if I tell my church I love them and I don't love them, I'm just preaching something that's not real. If I tell this world that Jesus died and loved them, but I'm trying to hate them into heaven. Listen, you're not going to hate anybody into heaven, but you're going to stand for truth. There's times in the church that you need to stand up for truth. But the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that all these other gifts are going to be silenced at the end, but the greatest of these is love. And it's going to continue on. Listen, you can't love people. You can't, you, you can't, you can't just hate people into salvation. And, 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 and most people know that they're wrong. Most people know that they're broken and, and, and running for the Lord. But we just need to learn to love people. That means that we, a lot of times people think, well, if I love people, I won't tell them the truth. No, you tell them the truth that the Bible talks about doing it in love, not with a, a spirit of anger or, or, or trying to manipulate somebody. You know, we, manipulation has no place in the church. I'm going to say that again. Manipulation has no place in the church. We don't need to manipulate people. We need to love people and stand up for what's right and do it in an act in the spirit of love. Amen. Here today, we, we face many things. The children of Israel, they face many things. But they were about to see their Jerichos come down. They were about to see these walls come down. They were about to understand that God is who he says he is.
And God will do what he says he could do. We need to understand that we're in a spiritual war. Point number two. Number three, we need to understand that we can stand and face our fears. Now, I'm going to take a moment right here. We need to understand that we can stand and face our fears. So what do you mean, Pastor? You can't. I've never seen a battle won when somebody's running from their enemy. You're not going to win running. Somebody needs to hear this today. You're not going to conquer your Jericho when you're running. You're going to have to stand and face your enemy. You've never seen a fighter in the ring and a boxer that runs from his enemy and won. He's got to stand and take the punches and deliver the punches. And the God didn't expect the church just to continue to take punches without delivering the punches to the enemy. Listen to me, church. Hear what I'm saying today. You've got to stand and face that stronghold in your life. You've got to stand and face those tendencies in your life. You know, the Bible says the definition of insanity is doing this, uh, the, not the Bible, the script of Intelligent people tell us that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. See, if you get in a GPS and it gives you, and you're looking to go to a location and you put a location in, but it's the wrong location, it don't make no difference how many times you put that location in. It's still going to take you to the wrong location if the GPS pin is on the wrong place. Hear me today, church. Hear what I'm saying. You can continue to do the same thing over and over again. It's not working. And you can give up on God, but when you can choose to change your patterns and allow the word of God to change you and challenge you and to move you and allow you to change some places. Don't go to the places you usually go. Don't, don't do the things you usually do. Don't allow people to manipulate you. Don't let those people that have hurt you time and time again back into your life. You forgive them and you bless them but you close the door and don't allow them back in. See, a lot of times we let people hurt us and we forgive them and we try to move forward. Don't we allow them back in our life. Listen, the Bible the Bible talks about godly relationships. Somebody hear me today. The Bible talks about godly relationships. And if you're if you're living in a place today, and you need to hear what I'm saying, and you're living in a place, living together with somebody, and you're not married to them, the Bible says that is adultery. Hear me today, church. That is adultery. God will not bless adultery. God will not bless manipulation. When you're manipulating somebody, that's of the spirit of Jezebel. That's of the spirit of witchcraft. Listen, quit manipulating people to get what you want. But submit yourself to the God and He will to God and His Holy Spirit and He will exalt you. Somebody needs to hear that today. Sin is sin and God's never going to bless sin, church. But the bottom line we need to understand is, is that this, just because I believe it, listen, I talked about this last week, whether you believe the word of God is truth is left up to you, but it doesn't make it any less true. I'm going to say that again. Whether you believe that the word of God is truth is left up to you, but it doesn't make it any less true. See, truth is the very absolute of our lives is Christianity. In Christianity, that the Bible is truth. The Bible says, let him be, uh, be truth and all him be alive. We need to understand, church. We need to understand that God's not going to bless us when we're walking in sin. When I'm walking in deliberate sin, God is not going to bless me. Jesus, the Bible says, that Jesus that knew no sin, he that knew no sin became sin for us. And God turned his back on Jesus because he that knew no sin had become sin for us on the cross. And God is so holy that he can't look on sin. That's the reason we need Jesus today because Jesus saves us and covers us with his blood. Now you say, well, Pastor Rich, you say, if I got sin in my life, there's no hope. I'm not saying that. What I am saying that Jesus forgives sin. But when you walk in open sin, you will be judged for it. The Lord will, will convict you of it. And the Lord will try to turn you from it. Listen, church, we, we're, we're wanting God to bless things 
that the word of God says he won't bless. Now listen, the children of Israel, time after time after time, God will deliver them. Then they go right back and sin. But God still delivered them. He still helped them. Many, many years in the Old Testament, he was silent because they had walked in disobedience. They were in bondage to Egypt because they had walked in disobedience. But God still delivered them. Hear what I'm saying today, church. He loves you with an undying love, but sin will cost you something. It will cost you something. It will cost you far more than you're going to pay. Understand what I'm saying today, church. He loves you, but we must turn from sin. See, Jericho represented not only just a beautiful place, it represented something that the children of Israel couldn't have until they walked in disobedience. And I'm almost done with this message, believe it or not, RC family. But hear what I'm saying today. The only way that Jericho's walls were going to fall down, Joshua chapter 6, is that they obeyed God. Hear what I'm saying. The only way that strongholds will fall in our life is that we obey God. There's no substitute. You say, well, pastor, I want to keep living this way and I want God to bless me and I want God to help me. I want God to do this for me, but I can't let this go. Listen, listen, the Bible says he that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is unfit to enter the kingdom of heaven. Hear what I'm saying today, church. Somebody needs to hear this. You need to, if you're following Jesus, you need to quit looking back. If you're going to follow him, you need to quit looking back. There's nothing behind me. The prodigal son laying in the slime and the pit and the, and the pig poo and the, and the mud and the mire realized, hey, I can go back to my father's house and I can find hope and healing and have a warm place to sleep and have a family again or just be a servant, at least have something to eat and a warm place to sleep every night. If I just go back to my father's house, he's constantly calling us. Paul said it like this in the New Testament. We are called to the ministry of reconciliation. There's not a place in your life that God, there may be somebody that's strung up, strung out and tore up from the floor up today, but God is still calling them home. There's mamas and daddies and brothers and sisters and family members and grandma and grandpa's calling those names and calling in. You need to start calling those family members in. You need to start talking to those walls of Jericho, but we have to do it in obedience. Joshua didn't want to call to a place of obedience. I said it like this. He said, what I want you to do, I want you to get the Ark of the Covenant. Covenant. And I want you to get an armed guard before the Ark of the Covenant. And one behind the Ark of the Covenant. And I want you to walk around those walls one time for six days. I want you to get the Ark of the Covenant. He said, well, Pastor, what is the Ark of the Covenant? The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament represented the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, the power of God. So he had armed guards behind the ark. He had those toting the ark and he had an armed guard before them and they walked around and they had the ram horns and they would blow those ram horns and would walk around for six days. He said, but on the seventh day, what I want you to do is I want you to get the armed guard before the armed guard behind them and I want you to walk around that wall seven days and at the end of that seventh time, I want you to blow those trumpets and I want you to shout and those walls will fall. Well, guess what, church? That's what happened. Those walls crumbled and he said, I want you to attack and I want you to kill everybody there. That's what he said. I want you to attack your enemy and destroy. Listen, God has not given an anointing and a power to the church if we walk in obedience that he will attack and destroy, and destroy every stronghold in our lives. We sell our God short if we don't think God can't destroy it all. But church, he will not do it unless we walk in obedience. Hear me today. I'm about to get excited here. When we walk in obedience, there is no stronghold, there is no valley, there is no mountain that we can't conquer if we'll just do it God's way. The children of Israel were given Jericho. Go read it in Joshua chapter 6. They were given Jericho because they walked in obedience. They didn't have a raise of sword. Hear me. 
They didn't have to build a fire. They didn't have to make a ramrod to tear a gate down to get into that city because they shouted and praised and victory. Hear me today, church. A lot of us Pentecostals get blamed for this. Oh, y'all all praise and no power and no power. Hear what I'm saying today, church. Your victory will come in your praise. If you don't learn to praise God in your storm, you're never going to see your victory. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that there's a season and a time under heaven. You say, well, Pastor Rex, hear me today, church. Some of you are walking in fear today. You say, well, Pastor Rex, we in this pandemic. Is it ever going to stop? The Bible says it will because the Bible says there is a season that under, under heaven which uh, uh, men may be saved. Listen, understand, there's seasons and seasons pass. Just like we have four seasons a year that we walk through every year. There's seasons in our life. This season is going to be over one day. I don't know when. I wish I knew when. I wish. I, I hope it's tomorrow. I pray that it will be. But here in that church, he's going to have a church. He's going to have a body of believers. He's going to have a body of believers. He's going to have a church. And he's going to have a group of people that love him. And he's going to conquer this world. But, you know, I remember when the angel of the Lord stood before Joshua. And he said, are you for me or are you against me? And he said, no. I remember the story. He said, no. What significance the Lord was standing before Joshua? He said, I am neither for you nor against you. We need to understand this about the Lord Jesus Christ. And a lot of people don't understand this. And you need to understand and hear what I'm saying today. Jesus didn't come in this world to take sides. He came in this world to take over. And you say, well, pastor, I thought you said he was meek and lowly. He was meek and lowly, meek and lowly. But I tell you what he is today too, church. The Bible says that he's coming in revelation with fire in his eyes. And he's going to be sitting on a white horse and he's going to vindicate his church and those that have been martyred for the faith. If I hear what I'm saying, the Bible also tells us in revelation that we are made overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Hear me today, church. Hear what the spirit of the Lord is, is saying to the church. The attack against the church, the attack against the people of God has been intensified. But the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the last days will be intensified. He will not allow his church to be conquered. Glory to God. Get in praise today. Wherever you're at, get in praise today. Hallelujah. These children of Israel were vindicated because they did what they're supposed to do. They carried the seven ram horns. They carried it. They carried it. They walked in obedience to what God told Joshua to tell them to do. And they walked around seven times and they blew those horns and they shouted. Half an army to shout and the walls fell down. Listen, let me take you back to this little prostitute named Rahab. Rahab had signaled the men of the spies, the men of Israel. This is where we're at. Remember, her house was located strategically on a wall to get them out, to get the spies out to be able to report back to Israel. So she and her family were there and they were in that place. And everybody else in Jericho, once the walls fell, the armies of Israel destroyed them, killed them, everyone except them. I said all that to say this. We disqualify people in the kingdom. This is a burden that God gave me many years ago. When I, even before I started pastoring this church, I will make this place a house of restoration. I will give you, give you those that nobody else wants. Listen, hear me today, church. There's a lot of people and family members in our lives that are messed up. And you don't think they're ever going to find their place in the Lord. They're never going to come to Jesus. But what can I tell you? He's going to do something in the last days that's going to shake even the strongholds and the strongest strongholds of the enemy. He's going to do something in our homes and our lives, but he's going to do it when we speak 
to our Jericho. There's somebody under the sound of my voice. You need to hear that today. There's some stronghold in your life, and it's not going to. Those walls are not going to come down. You start to praise and shout and pray your way through it. You say, "Well, Pastor Rex, the Bible says that prayer moves at time and time again. Prayer is the heartbeat of the church. The Bible says that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It means the King James said it that way. It said it means a lot to God. But hear me, what I'm saying today, church. You can pray and praise your way through it. You say, "Well, Pastor." I still got to go around Jericho seven, Jericho seven times to see my walls come down. Why don't you praise him around it? Why don't you shout to him around it? Why don't you talk to him? Why don't you start speaking those things that are not as though they were and watch God make your walls come down. Watch God give you victory. Watch God give you help today, church. Y'all may not feel better today, but I sure do. I preach myself happy today. It don't matter what's going on around me. He's going to have a church. I'm going to be a part of it. It don't matter what enemies brought against you. The Bible says when the enemy he comes in like a flood, that the Spirit of the Lord will lift up the standard. That means he's going to stand there and fight with you. Amen? Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're walking around those walls. You still see them. You're still walking around them. You might as well start talking to them. We've been talking about this for three weeks now. Authority. The robe of righteousness. The ring of authority. Next week we'll talk about the suit. Lord willing, we'll start talk about the shoes of sonship. Hear me today, church. Hear what I'm saying. God Himself sent His Son to pay the price so you could have it. Walk in it. Walk in it. No matter what's looking like around you. You know the, the thing about the Holy Spirit. You got to be able to see with spiritual eyes, church. Over and over in the Book of Revelation, it said it like this. It said, "Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church." Over and over, the writer John in Revelation would say that again. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. If you're not close to the Spirit, that's the reason Galatians 5 tells us to keep in step with the Spirit. If you're not listening to the Spirit, if you're not listening to spiritual things, if all you're listening to is sit on the pier and drink a beer, and if all you listen to is honky-tonk, I, I, I know I'm meddling a little bit, but if all you feed your soul is is garbage, all the time. That's what you're going to get out. But if you'll get to turn some praise and worship music on some good gospel music and you begin to worship the Lord and you turn that Bible out and let it read that scripture to you, you're going to start hearing what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Those Bibles is not going to allow you to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Come on, we're all guilty of this. We got 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're all given that same allotted time. What we give to God is going to amount, is going to relegate how many devils and strongholds we're going to conquer in our life. Hear me today, church. You can't depend on a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night to get you there. I love the church. I'm thankful for what the church is doing. I'm thankful that our church, our RC, is moving forward. But listen to me, church. It's an individual walk. It's an individual walk. You can't make yourself an island. You can't fight it by yourself. You need a family and a body of believers, but you're going to have to make some commitments. You're going to have to change some patterns in your life. Don't have to change some patterns in your life. Amen. The Lord is faithful. The Bible says in Psalms that the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. The truth endured to me. It made it to me because my mom and daddy and my grandmother 
Graded in, and, and, and those that were gone on before then. My mom's gone on to be with the Lord, but she prayed me in Him. I remember many a night coming in, doing things that I didn't need to do, living in a place that I didn't need to live in, and I could hear my mom in that room, that bedroom, praying for me. Listen, that'll do something to you. Say, well, Pastor, my children are messed up, and they'll never be broken free. You need to keep pressing in. You need to start talking to your Jericho. Start speaking to your Jericho and kick the devil out. Put him in his place. You know, Peter said, Peter told Jesus, he said, the Lord, you don't need to go to the cross. You don't need to do that. And then the Lord looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. It wasn't Peter that he was talking to. It was the spirit that's manipulating Peter and using Peter to try to stop Jesus from going to the cross. Hear me today, church. Hear me today. God is speaking to us to speak life into situations. If you don't speak life in that situation, life may never come because he created us that that he, he spoke. He spoke into existence. The Bible says that God said it in Genesis and it happened. Well, he created us in his image and our words have power. We can destroy people or we can build them up by words. Start building people up. If you want the anointing of God on your life, start building people up. Start telling people the truth in love. Not in hate, in love. And watch God anoint you and use you and bless you. You say, well, Pastor, we used to sing this song when I was young. i never forget it when it was a little bitty boy. It sing this song, Little as Much. When God is in it, labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you'll go in Jesus' name. I, listen to me, church. That whatever we have, you may think, well, Pastor, I don't have a whole lot to offer. Give what you got. Remember the woman that only had a couple of little pennies. That's all she had. But she gave more, that had, more than those that had wealth because she gave what you had. Hear what I'm saying today, church. Go to your prayer room, shut the door, and give what you got to God and watch Him do miraculous things in you and through you. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. We glorify you today, Jesus. We, we're thankful for you, Holy Spirit. Church, hear me today. He had brought us to the place that we're in right now, a restoration family, to leave us here. He will not leave us here. We will not bow down. We will not give in. We will go forward. We will walk in victory. We will proclaim the goodness and the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will conquer the goal, the places that God has conquered us to conquer in his kingdom. We will be in the place that he's called us to be in. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we love you today. We honor you. Listen to me today, church. Hear me. Hear these words as I say this in closing. He didn't call you to be the devil's full format. He didn't call you every day for the devil to wipe his feet on you. He didn't save you for that. He made you victory. He made him give you a place of victory through his son, Jesus. He said, he's made us the head, Deuteronomy 28, and not the tail. He's made me above and not beneath. Too many years of my life I walked around, I'm the beneath. I'll never be good enough. I'll never be a, 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 good, a good enough speaker or a good enough person. And I listen to the lies of the enemy that robbed me of the joy of my salvation for many years. And many years, many times that devil has come back to try to tempt me and start speaking those lies to me. But I understand he's a liar and the father of all lies. Yeah, I can speak to that serpent. I can speak to that scorpion and say, get thee behind me, Satan. I can take authority through the humility of Christ, through the authority of the ring of, son, of, ring of authority in Jesus Christ when I walk in humility. We're never more authoritative than when we walk in humility, church. When we walk in that, our words have power. Hear me, church. If you never heard anything else, yet heard anything else I've said today, hear what I'm saying. Your words have power. What you say is what you believe. I'm preaching to the preacher. What you say is what you believe. Beat those things that are not as though they were. Those places, 
that you're struggling in your life, you speak those things that are not as though they were. You start speaking life to that situation. Well, Pastor, I've been dealing with this for years. You start speaking life. You keep speaking life. You keep pressing in. You keep going in that prayer closet. You need you 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 turn that worship music on, drive to work, wherever you pray at. You get along with God. You keep pressing in. I'm telling you, He's about to pour out His Spirit. He already is. We're in the we're in the outer edge of what God is about to do. He's starting to do it. It's going to look different. See, the church in the last days, we need to understand this. The church in the last days is going to look different than what it looked in the past. The Bible says that he's doing a new thing. He's not going to do it the way he used to. I'm thankful for the outpouring. I remember them talking about the revival they had for years in Brownsville, and thousands upon thousands of people got saved and filled with the baptism and all the things that and delivered and set free. But God's not going to do it again like he did in Brownsville. He's going to do it a different way because he's God. It can't be figured out. The Bible says man's wisdom is, uh, is foolishness to God. We can't understand him, but one thing we can hear is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Open your word. Open your mouth. Press into God and hear what God's saying to the church. Talk to your Jericho. Speak to your Jericho today. You said, well, Pastor, my relationship, my, my marriage is falling apart, my life, my finances is, is in turmoil. Speak to that mountain. You're going to have to change some patterns. You're going to have to change some patterns. You know, if I stood right here at this church and I walked back and forth time and time again, I would, work, I would wear a groove in this carpet. And I would make a groove there because I would form a pattern because of my weight walking in my shoes and the wear of my shoes on this carpet. We do that in our spiritual life. We keep walking the same way and we expect a different result. When the word of God is saying, go a different way. No, this way. Do what my word says. You know, the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. I know a lot of people that like to sacrifice, but they like to sacrifice doing it the way they do. And the Bible says that all of sin that comes short of the glory of God. That doesn't mean he don't forgive, but what he is calling us to do is to do things differently than what we've done before. Is to press into him. So I believe he can keep us. I believe he can heal us. I believe he can fill us. I believe he can baptize us. I believe he can energize us with the power of his Holy Spirit. In the upper room, the reason the church went forward and was launched because the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Do you not think that the church needs it again today? It's not going to just happen one time. He's going to keep building us. We need his spirit again today. And the only way we're going to get it is in one mind, one accord, walking in accordance with his word. Let's pray together. Father, we love and we honor you today. We thank you for your word that's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We've done our best today to deliver your word, God, to give you everything we have today. And we just pray that you would touch your people. I ask you to take strongholds and you ask you to break them down. I ask you to help us believe and speak those things that are not as though they were. God, we love you and we honor you and we thank you, God. We thank you for your word. We ask you to seal this word in our heart. That you've challenged us, you've encouraged us, now change us, Lord, by the power of your Holy Ghost. Lord, I ask you to be with the people, that, your people this week. I ask you to go before them. Ask you to give us favor. Give us understanding. Make crooked paths right. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. Be with your people today. Encourage those that's battling uh, anxiety and depression, God. Let that be broken right now in Jesus' name. Let those powers of the enemy, those walls, those Jerichos be broken in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We love you and we honor you and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Restoration Church. 
If you enjoyed this message today, check us out at restorationmacala.com. And for more messages, you can listen to us on Spotify under Restoration Church.